0: of Faith with Naye Lupondwana, 7 to 8 p.m.
1: Good evening welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith with me, Nayel Upandwana. We are together until 8 o'clock and as per usual, would like to invite you from the word go to join the conversation, be part of the engagement. If you'd like to join the conversation, please call us or send your text messages or your WhatsApp texts or your voice notes. Either way, whichever way you find more comfortable for you to join the conversation, please do so. We'd love to hear from you. And as usual, we'll be continuing up until eight o'clock. Tonight we're asking the question, according to scripture, do men and women have equal say in terms of what happens to the unborn baby? While the baby is still with the mother, antenatal, in terms of scripture, is the child belonging to both parents and if both parents have equal rights do both parents have equal say now we understand as far as the law of the republic of south africa is concerned for as long as the child is within the mother we're told uh, the only person who has full rights is the mother because it's her body we are told those are reproductive rights the father only has rights to the child once the child is postnatal out of the mother's body trying to be as clinical as possible now we have an expert who's going to give us expert knowledge and understanding about this so that we talk about things we know of that's going to be a very clinical conversation we're going to begin it right there what is a child when does life begin all those biological scientific things that we may not know of but we're going to get that and then we'll get the spiritual or the religious perspective now if you're one of those people who has a say on this matter I would love to hear what you have to say If you have an opinion on the matter, please, dial this. according to your faith. Does the father have a say as to what happens to the child before the child is born? Can a father refuse when the mother says, I'm going to abort this child? I'm still within the three months, if it's three months, where I can decide to abort or terminate. What do they call it? Top termination of pregnancy? Does the father, in terms of your faith, does the father have a say? Or he will grin and bear it and accept that he has no say in the matter? Well, this is Facts of Faith. I'm Nayan Upandana. You're listening to SFM. Sylvester, let's begin. The views and ideas expressed in this program Are views expressly Of the people sharing them And not of the anchor Or that of this broadcaster All persons, juristic or natural Are to be held responsible For their own representations Offered on this program By their agents And not this corporation Any and all consumption Of our conversational substance Is entirely at your own discretion Please be advised That this program airs Subject matter that has the potential To destabilize and challenge Your intellectual if you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and, as such, is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests, and callers are encouraged to engage in this freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly.
0: Nayel
2: Lupondwana on SAFM.
1: Here we go. Let me introduce you to our guests in no particular order now i'm going to begin by introducing you to a guest who's who's not a newbie to our program we have had her before a couple of years back it's been a while by the way reverend pearl coupe kingdom activist international consultant to global leaders and governments international president and the global forum of women entrepreneurs my goodness that's a cv and a half reverend coupe good evening to you and welcome thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us
0: Oh, good evening, Naye, and good evening to your listeners. Yes, it has been a while during this lockdown. I hope all the listeners are safe, keeping warm, and uh, making sure that they're eating right foods. Thank you for having me on board.
1: Thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us, madam. Easton Easton Zanumwe is our guest also. He's not a newbie as well. He's been with us for the past year. evangelist Zanumwe is an evangelist who is a Hebrew-Israelite. Elder, good evening to you and welcome. Thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us.
2: Good evening, Naya. Good evening, the whole panel and uh, the whole of Zangsi. We thank Abaya for this time that we have to discuss these matters.
1: Indeed. Thank you very much, sir. Also, Dr. Nisile Dial. I'm hoping I'm reading that correctly. Dr. Diyale is an obstetrician, gynecologist, and a fertility specialist. Dr. Diale, good evening to you and welcome. Thank you very much for being to talk to us.
3: Good evening, Naya, and good evening to all the listeners. Thank you for having me on the show.
1: Am I pronouncing your name correctly, Dr. diali
3: it's perfect, ah, mate. Lovely, thank well you very much. Well done, you thank can you. click. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, now thank you. All right. All right,
1: let's begin with you, Dr. Diela, because this conversation is a very, well, clinical conversation to have. First and mm-hmm. foremost, we have had a lot of people discussing and debating when life begins we're going to have a religious perspective from the religious experts we have who will speak after you but we need the biological the scientific the actual beginning of life when does life begin dr Diak?
3: okay and that is a very controversial uh, question Indeed. and as you say different people actually view it uh differently but um when you look medically as well there's also a lot of controversies as to when does life begin and um, that's also due to the cause of the topic that you're also discussing today and also looking at contraceptives and uh, morning after pills and all of that as to when you intervene at the beginning of life when exactly is that point point? So when you look, um, individually, a female cannot make a baby on her own, and the same goes to a male. That's right. It is something that uh, God has just made so uniquely that male and female are actually interdependent on each other for a baby to be formed. So, we need both a seed from the male and the female, and that will be egg and sperm or oocyte and sperm and When these two get together, which will be in the fallopian tube of the woman, so the woman releases an egg which can which is not in which is not part of life as yet before um it is fertilized by the male sperm. So the understanding or the belief of many is that life begins when the egg of the woman is fertilized by the sperm. So when fertilization takes place, that single cell which is the an oocyte and the single cell ser- cell which is the sperm uh, fuse and become one to form a zygote at the point of fertilization, after fertilization. And that is the understanding that then, when we have that uh, uh, um, fertilization or that zygote, that is when life begins. That is when um, a human being is initiated um, to be formed. And that zygote then has to travel from the fallopian tube of the woman um, for about five to six days. And on day six uh, to day seven, that is when it actually implants onto the womb of the woman. Ah. And uh, okay, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on, Doctor mm. Diya. Now you're, you're mm.
1: being a very interesting process. Now, exactly. so when the egg is fertilized, it mm. is not growing yet. It still needs to go into the womb.
3: Yes, it is not yet implanted. So it's more like, and and that's where the controversies come yeah. into play because now. Others will say the moment fertilization takes place and you have a zygote, that is life potential. Yeah. Yes. But if it is not in the correct place, Place in, 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 which takes a couple of days, so yeah. it becomes two cells, four cells, eight cells. Yeah. By by three days, you have like an eight cell um, a, a zygote, and yeah. then it becomes a blastocyst by day five. Day six, it actually implants into the womb. So it's traveling from the fallopian yeah. to the womb, and it actually implants by day six to day seven. All right. So then when implantation takes place, that's where other scholars then say it has implanted And therefore,
1: life begins. (laughs) Hold the thought. Hold the thought. I do take a break here and do a live read. We'll come back and and, and give our guests also an opportunity to to jump in here on this very point because there are other parts of the conversation that are going to be very uncomfortable. Uh, But let's just take a break now and we'll continue in a short while. Stand by.
0: Across South
2: Africa, online and on radio, S A F M. Let's talk.
1: The trying time of the pandemic poses a threat to people's mental health. This may lead to presentations such as post traumatic stress, mood disorders, anxiety, panic attacks, and loneliness. Health cannot be a question of income, it is a fundamental human right. Those are the words of the former President Nelson Mandela. Take notice of your loved ones, your friends, and your neighbors. Give a helping hand, lend an ear. This message is brought to you by SABC CSI and SABC
2: Education. on S A F M.
1: All right, you heard Doctor Dialle painting a very beautiful picture. Even the dumbest of them all, myself, understood that part. That's why i said must stop right there whilst i still understand and let's bring in the experts now from the religious perspective and would like to begin with the reverend reverend we haven't heard your perspectives in a long while let's begin with you as far as your faith is concerned when does life begin if dr diale is, is is giving us this trip of the egg upon fertilization that takes five six seven days from the fallopian tube up until the womb and then some scholars argue actually this is where the beginning of life is. Where does your faith plot the beginning of life?
0: Well, um, I'm glad you asked about my faith. My faith, uh, obviously I'm a believer and uh, I go by the scriptures and I have to then, of course, cite the scriptures in support of what I'm saying. Uh, So I'm not going to argue with the scientific or medical definition, but um, in terms of my faith, I would like to, first of all, cite maybe two scriptures in support of that. The first one being Psalms 139, verses 13 to 16, and this is what the scripture says. It says, for you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And Jeremiah 1.5 also, just as a board of that, says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations, of course. This is God speaking to Jeremiah. So, um, yes, in terms of my faith, um, life does not start uh, with all those scientific descriptions, etc. God is actually saying that he was deliberate, purposeful, and intentional in forming us. It's not a random act. And so the, the Creator, who is God himself... Uh, says that life even started before you even appeared in the womb. So that is the perspective that I have to go with in terms of my faith, in terms of Scripture, I have to go by the Word of God. So it's not an issue around, um, you know, 3 months conception or etc. But uh, conception starts way, way before that. So um, that's that. When a, would that be, Reverend? When would when would conception start?
1: Yes. When you say way, way before that, when is that, and when is way before?
0: Well, conception, in terms scripturally, conception starts actually with God's intention concerning you. So you know, he he talks about forming you in the womb, but even then. Um, in terms of your coming forth, it was already known. It was already known. But once you are in the womb, that, that is actual physical conception. Doesn't mean that God didn't know that you were going to come forth before that.
1: Okay. So you believe, yeah. uh, in, in, from, from from your faith perspective, life begins in the womb.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I okay. mean, physical life yeah. actually begins in the womb, but in terms of intentionality and God knowing yeah, yeah. that you are coming forth, if you understand. So I understand, then, I understand. Yes, I understand. Yes. Okay. So, so from that perspective, and I mean, you know, to be honest with you, I'm not even sure the, how much I'm going to contribute to this, this conversation because when it comes to termination of pregnancy, which is what I understand this conversation is about, um, my faith does not even allow for that. Okay. in terms of termination. So from my perspective, you're probably going to get very short answers.
1: From I'm okay from, with from, that. I'm okay yeah. with it. As long as they're scripturally based, I'm okay. I'm right. okay, Reverend. All right. Um, evangelist, your your perspective.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more with the, the Reverend there. Yes, the doctor has given us a very precise clinical um, analysis there, which... When you look at the scriptures we don't have months like weeks this is what is happening at this stage but it's what my sister there has just highlighted that we are not an afterthought. i would like to say maybe we are just as eternal as the father is eternal because we've existed in his mind you know you know <laughs> ever since so the manifestation of me is not actually the beginning of me
1: okay I understand. So, so,
2: so, so what, what's happening here is, yes, when we talk of physical life, we are talking of, um, we are talking of the, the, the conception. But what, what does the man have to do? When, with that? When,
1: when, when is that conception there? In in, in in
2: the womb. The, in the, the womb. Okay. The scripture just discusses in the. In, all right. the in, in, in the womb. All right.
1: But, so we, we we can can we all agree then that we are talking about something that is beginning, at after after the six days that that the good doctor has clarified
2: Uh, no no i wouldn't want to put my head on the block like that
1: well that's when that's when anything happens in the womb there is nothing in the womb until the six days if the medical perspective is giving us the clear medical perspective is it only gets into the womb after six days
2: uh, no, uh, no. <laughs> I, 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 would, I wouldn't want to say that, now. What would because, you like to say? Because, because, because you know, uh, once once there is a, a fertilization of the egg, I mean a fertilization of the egg, and then as the scientist was saying, then that fusion of those two two elements, two parts, yeah. brings, brings about, what did you say, a zygote? Okay, so, yeah. so, so in, in, what, I, I, once, once that, according to here, what she was saying, that life starts no no
1: no no evangelist don't put words in her, in her mouth she said well, there are scholars who believe that's where the life begins and yeah. after the six days when the, the two fer- the, the the two the sperm and the fertilized egg they, when they go into the womb other scholars argue that's the beginning of life so there are two schools of thought that she has presented to us she has not said which one or the other she's simply giving us both these opinions from the medical community
2: uh, okay but as far as, as, far as my understanding uh, from from the scripture the scripture doesn't give us days and and all that and all that but uh, i would like to believe that when a man and a woman meet right and and and, and 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 there's a fertilization but the scripture of,
1: does, does tell you about the womb it says absolutely nothing about the fallopian tubes
2: no no when we say the womb you know when i say the womb like i say the womb in my in my language it, it, it doesn't. That it's not talking about uh, the divisions. That there is the fallopian tube. But you cannot this, possibly that,
1: like, know that, Evangelist. Of course, you're not the writer of the Book of Psalms or Jeremiah. You yeah. cannot possibly know what he meant when he said that, unless you're going to tell but, us. Th-
2: but now, look, look. What I, that's what exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Because <laughs> do we know how the Hebrew works? What is the the, what, what is the
1: Hebrew word for for womb there, evangelist?
2: Now, that, yeah, you, can, can you give us the, the opportunity to check that? Okay. See, we uh, we need to know we need to know how the Hebrew works. And then yeah, then we I was hoping that you would have
1: come with that already, since you're giving us the Hebrew perspective, the evangelist. But okay, let's let's go back to um, uh, the, the the main question now. Our main question is not necessarily reverend about abortion or termination of pregnancy but the rights accorded to the parents if we agree as the doctor has said that the egg cannot come to life cannot give life without the sperm and the sperm cannot give life without the egg the two need to come together and when the two have been contributed by the two parents then life comes, when, whether it is at, at the fallopian tube st- stage or whether it's at the womb stage. But the question that we need to answer now is, does your faith award or accord or afford both parents equal rights since they are equal contributors to this life? Reverend? Reverend Coupe?
0: Hello? hello? Oh, sorry. With that question, you're saying does...
1: Does your the faith give the equal rights to the parents who have contributed to this life?
0: Um, well, I mean, like I said, my understanding was that the conversation was around termination of pregnancy. And so I think it's a moot point for me that my Bible, my word of God does not support termination of pregnancies. Uh, so if the conversation is on the issue of termination of pregnancy, then... You know,
1: no, 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 Reverend. We're not talking about termination of pregnancy right now. We're talking about the the rights of the parents. Does does the father? Okay, no, because
0: that that's what that's the question that was put to me. That was what was okay. sent to me was in terms of termination of pregnancy. Then who has the greater rights in terms of termination of pregnancy? I'll, I'll, I'll give you an why. example. That's, that's why from the beginning I yeah. said. It's going to be a very short uh, contribution i understand i understand because my faith doesn't even allow for that
1: uh, i understand is- and we'll give you an opportunity to to clarify that part as well because it's very important as well but for yeah. now i'll give you an example the father might not agree with the fact that the mother wants to consume meat during her time of pregnancy the father might want Perhaps to do what was done with Samson, that the mother should not consume any grapes, any, any all of those things that were given to to, to Samson's mother, all those instructions. But the mother might say, it's my body, I can do as I wish. It's still my body, as the country does give that right to the mother to do. Your faith, does your faith give the parents equal rights to determine what shall happen to the child before it is born?
0: Before it is born? Yes. Um, well, you know, first of all, my understanding of parenting is that my faith it looks at parenting. It's, it's for both parents. It expects both the mother and the father to be involved. And um, when it comes to before the child is, is actually born... Uh, both parents have to take decisions, but one of the decisions that in ter- that they are allowed to make is not with regard to termination of pregnancy. So that is not an option for, for parents under my faith. It's not an option for them to decide to terminate the pregnancy. In terms of deciding uh, the raising of the baby and how that baby is nurtured, that's a joint decision that the parents must make in line with Scripture and in line with what the Word of God says concerning how to raise that baby, how to teach and train and equip that baby, all those things. they must be. It must be decisions that are made jointly and in line with what the Word of God says.
1: So what happens when the mother refuses to abide by the contributions of the father? If, for example, the father says, Can you please... During your pregnancy, not consume any grapes, any vine of any ilk. And the mother says, I will not do that. I will eat as I will. I will drink wine if I want to drink wine, a glass of wine once in a while. It's up to me. I'm entitled to do as I please. Can the mother
0: say that? Well, again, like I said, the the barometer is and the standard should be the Word of God. So uh, in the first instance, I I wouldn't understand why. A husband would want her to not eat anything that's not healthy for her, you know, so that's the first instance. So why would a husband require a woman to eat something that's not harmful to the baby? So I think that's a joint decision that they must make. And the woman, as well, equally, as a believer, has an obligation and a responsibility to make sure that that baby is properly fed, properly nurtured, and in line with the Word of God. So to the degree and to the extent that what she's doing is not out of line with the Word of God, I think together as parents, they must be guided by what the Word says in terms of nurturing, training, teaching, and raising that child. That must be their standard, is what does the Word say? So it shouldn't be a sort of willy-nilly kind of don't do this or random suggestions, you know, but they must be guided by the Word of God and the Kingdom of God principles.
1: Do your scriptures give any guidance as to what shall be consumed or not consumed by the mother during her pregnancy?
0: Well, scriptures give us guidance in terms of what we should consume generally in terms of health and in terms of promoting health. Um, You know, the scriptures talk about what foods to eat and and what foods to avoid, etc., so it it and even in terms of amount, it, it does not promote gluttony, stuff like that. So there are general scriptures that talk about the, the right foods to really put your body in a state of health. And I think that, you know, if you're a mother and whether you're a mother or a father, we have an obligation to make sure that the babies are fed nutritionally well and are looked after. Um, in such a way that they can enjoy a prosperous, meaningful, and relevant life.
1: All right. Evangelist? Yes, yes. What's your question? My question is, does your faith give both parents full or equal rights to the child before the child is born?
2: Uh, Okay, before I answer that, the word belly, or the word womb, sorry, the word womb in the Hebrew understanding is the meaning to something that is holo the belly, especially the womb, also the bosom or body of anything. So so we, we we need to understand that the Hebrew does not work exactly in this guy. So when we figure when that the womb, it, is, uh, it can also include everything else, it? even if even the fallopian tube is inside the belly. So, so it's not a I don't think that's any discussion that we can take from a Christian perspective that it is in the fallopian tube therefore and then now it is now in in, in the womb uh, I think let's just take it the way it is like coming to the father the father just like the mother has got rights when it comes to the child i mean it's like you are saying the farmer who has got the seed has no say to the ground that is going to to, to, to take care of the seed. It can't be both these two entities, as God has said, to what is being put into the ground. So it is intelligent that the father and the mother, both of them pick that which is good for the child. And as we have said, the child, as long as the child has been, uh, there is a a seed and an an egg that has come together, there is life. Then well, that is life as far as Yahweh's concept. Re when you read chapter chapter one, I mean speaking about the death of, 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 of Yahusha, to something that you quoted there. The scriptures are very clear that when she is still pregnant, when you don't do this, you don't do that, don't. in other words Yahfar is here to take care of that life. Look at Yahusha. When he is Still in the womb of the mother, you know, he is concerned about what is in the womb of the mother. So this is where we, we need to draw the line. The moment there is life in the in the womb, then that is life as far as uh, spiritual people are concerned. And so, if peradventure the mother loses it and she is doing things that could be harmful to the child, it is. The responsibility of the father to rise up and correct things, and so that this life, this child in, in the womb is taken good care of. By the way, when you look at the scripture holistically, you will see that the children, I'm not here to discuss about Sathnechao and Eukah, right now, but the children always have been belonging to the father. So when, when the child, whether it's in the womb or it's out of the womb, that child... Belong to the father. And where where, father, where do you get God that from,
1: faith. Evangelist? Yes? Would you like to share a text that would give us that thinking? No.
2: You read through scripture. I said the children of so and so, the children of so and so, the children of so and so. I I, I don't need to share one scripture for that. The, 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 the children are allocated in the name after the father.
1: Oh, so. You, that, what, what does father that,
2: that is mean? One that is blessing. We okay I, I understand. Father.
1: Hold on, hold on, Evangelist. Just walk with me here. Walk me through this. So when when scripture says the children off, the children off, you're suggesting that means ownership, not not identity.
2: Both. Both.
1: Wow. Okay.
2: Both. All right. Let's... Both. Because listen, listen i In your bantu culture, in my bantu culture, we are supposed to belong to the to the Father. We are named after the Father, we belong to the Father, and 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 that's what the Scripture gives as well. I'm
1: I'm 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 struggling with that thought there, uh, Evangelist, because in, in almost, almost, and I say almost deliberately, almost all events where there had been a struggle to give birth, these mothers would have a relationship or a covenant with the God of their prayers. And then they would respond by saying, God has seen me. God has opened my womb. God has blessed me. Yes. I'm not quite sure if you would want to read those texts if you're going to read them as literal as saying when it says the children of Israel, the children of the children of it simply means ownership. I would have imagined it refers to identity, not necessarily ownership, because we do find scriptures no. in the Bible that refer to women saying, "My child, mine." It
2: doesn't, it doesn't uh, refer to just identity i
1: I understand that's what you said i'm simply asking now for you to explain how would you explain the verses where the women would have problems like rachel and leah in their struggle to have children to them bringing in zilpa and bilha it was because they were struggling to have children they themselves and they would have a problem with jacob when rachel was not able to give birth to children Rachel had a problem with Jacob and said, why are you not giving me a child? Why are you giving my sister a child? It would appear as though in those conversations, the children are owned by the mother. And you would see even with the situation of Sarah and Hagar there, Hagar gave birth at the knees of Sarah, which means that the child was given to Sarah. Now, I'm not quite sure how you would um, disambiguate these two. Texts and That's, interpret like only I, one set of text to mean ownership I, for the man.
2: I, yes, not, sir. I'm not throwing that away. I'm not throwing it that away. I'm just simply stating what is in the scripture. I said to you earlier on that both parents, both parents, a child is not formed by one, one uh, 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 parent. A child is formed by both. But when okay. it when it comes to, when it comes to identity and ownership, these are responsibilities. That are given to these two people. Just like we have responsibilities given right from the beginning. When it comes to those responsibilities, the responsibilities of blessing the children, the responsibilities of owning the family, all those, it is, it is the duty of the men to be doing that. That's yes. what. That's, that's okay,
1: what no problem. When I take a break, when we come back, we'll have the doctor again explain now how our government, particularly, and many other governments, but our government particularly has given us a number of weeks by which we can terminate pregnancy. And this is a part where the reverend put it out clearly that her faith does not even agree with that idea of termination of pregnancy. We'll give the doctor an opportunity to breathe on this. And then the reverend can give us some scripture to support the idea that termination of pregnancy is just a big no-no.
2: Across South Africa, online and on radio... SAFM. Let's talk.
1: Welcome back and thank you very much for sticking around. You're still listening to Facts of Faith with me, Nayel And I want to read something that you'll find on our government, official government website. This is for access to anyone, anyone who would like to access this information. It's readily available there so that you know what I'm reading. I'm not sucking it off my thumbs. It typed, it's titled Terminate... Pregnancy on www.gov.za. www.gov.za under the title of Terminate Pregnancy. Termination of pregnancy is when a woman decides to end her pregnancy by medical means before the full term. The woman must be under 13 weeks pregnant to end the pregnancy without giving reasons. If she is between 13 and 20 weeks pregnant, the pregnancy may be terminated only under specific conditions. If she is more than 20 weeks pregnant, it will be done only if her or the fetus life is in danger or there are likely to be serious birth defects. Find out more about terminating a pregnancy or contact Department of Health on 12 395 Eight triple zero. That's the full text. I'm reading it there, unedited, as it is there. So now the faith communities in South Africa know this um, to be a, a matter of fact. This is a government policy that, at at the most. 20 weeks you can terminate pregnancy. And beyond that, you can if you can prove that the life of the baby is going to be in danger. Why, Dr. Dial? why does our government give these weeks? What about these weeks lessens the value and quality of life? Why is our government so comfortable terminating pregnancy unilaterally, by the way, by the woman at 20 weeks? Surely, if, if whether you believe it's at the fallopian tube, or in the womb, life has already begun. Now we're talking about 20 weeks? Why does our government give that n- the time?
3: Okay, so um, the government, when they look at um, policy making, they have a lot of uh, factors that they take into consideration. And uh, specifically when it came to the Termination of Pregnancy Act, um, the greatest concern was the, um, the, the rate of unsafe or what would be called backstreet abortions that were happening in the country or actually worldwide. And they found that women would continue, and uh, whether it was allowed by the government or not, women would still continue and find other unsafe means of actually terminating a pregnancy uh, by uh, consuming an overdose of other things and using instruments to actually pull out the fetus from Mm. the womb and they will end Mm. up coming back to the government sector for all the complications thereof, which would be heavy bleeding, leading to uh, shock, even death. Uh, Lots of lives were lost or have been lost and some actually are still even scared of approaching um, um, the medical sector for even uh, a medical termination of pregnancy. But the distinction into weeks um, comes into play according to the development of the the fetus or the baby, where in the early trimester, the fetus is is small, you know. There's no placental formation or strong adherence into the womb, therefore less likely chances of complicating, and um, there's no feet there's no bone calcifications at that time. So the termination of pregnancy, medically speaking um becomes easier um, when the baby is less than 13 weeks from 12 weeks and, and, and below um, where there's no bones and all that, uh, bone development, strong bone development or calcification yeah. of bones, yes. And then the complications become more grave when there is um, a, a, a fetus that has fully developed and um it 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 and also the risk if you get a 24 week termination of pregnancy for example mm. or 26 weeks then the baby can come out um alive even oh, you no. know or or and then um when it happens in the medical sector you know that baby at 26 weeks will be rushed to a neonatal ICU and all of that so imagine oh. someone terminating a pregnancy oh. and the baby comes out alive what do they do oh. there So um, that's the reason now where the medical practitioners, because a termination before uh, 13 weeks can be done even um, by nurses where just medication is given and uh, cleaning. But then when... uh, it's advanced, then there's options of surgical uh, termination of pregnancy and all of that. So the complications for the woman uh, are worse um, and, and it's more riskier for the woman um, depending on the trimester of the pregnancy. So, so wh-
1: um, why, why would government afford that right to decide only to the mother?
3: Okay, unfortunately, mm. I can't really uh, speak to the, uh, I speak on behalf I of the government, okay. but I can just maybe say that what has been witnessed um, is that um, the, mm. it, it, it's the women that actually carry the pregnancy, and yes. it is said that it is their body. Yes. So the, whatever complications uh, happen, Um, in association uh, or due to the pregnancy actually affects that woman as an individual. So um, uh, that's why it is, I guess, um, it is her that can actually determine whether she is prepared. Because if you look at the reasons, um, especially after 12 weeks, Uh, of uh, termination of pregnancy is due to social circumstances, due to incest, in cases of incest. Mm. So if a woman has been raped by a relative, for example, yeah. and now even if that relative comes and says, you keep that baby and she's, you know, so the, the government just yeah. allows it for the woman to be the one that decides what actually happens um, To her body and also issues of human trafficking and all of that uh, being reduced by the woman having to decide once the pregnancy occurs Mm -hmm. because then people can use women to actually uh, be like uh, baby factories. Um, impregnate a woman and get her to uh, deliver a baby even against her will and do whatever with the baby. So the world has become so really vile. Okay. So I, I guess they are, they've are they got their a multiple num- a number reasons. Of, yeah, mm. I understand.
1: All right. All right now let's bring in the reverend. Reverend, you were very vocal and very clear to say that your faith does mm-hmm. not allow or even uh, there's there's nothing about termination of pregnancy in your faith. Kindly guide us uh, from Scripture. Where where would you be getting that?
0: Sure, I'll do that. But also, before I do that, I also just wanted to say that, you know, to your point earlier on, Naya, I agree more with the the point that you made around children belonging to both parents and, and getting their identity from the Father. So And for me, Ephesians 6, one to three talks about children obey your parents in the lord for this is right honor your father and mother i think the aspect of of um teaching training equipping the children it's a parental responsibility it's a joint responsibility and the issue of identity i think is rather what which comes from the male so i just wanted to just put that there before. Um, In terms of the termination aspect, there are a number of scriptures uh, regarding termination um, and and just killing in general. You know, Exodus 20 verse 13 says that we shall not murder. And of course, murder as a lawyer, I can only define murder as a lawyer in terms of the legal definition also means that it is an intention, there's an act, actus reus, and then there must be an intention. Those are the two things that qualify murder, is that there's an act and there's an intention. And um, so if, if you intentionally kill a baby, in terms of my faith, that is an act of murder. So that, that, that is, is something that's prohibited. And uh, again, Proverbs six sixteen to 19, talks about six things that the Lord hates. And it actually then sets out seven says, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. You know, so for me, hands that shed innocent blood is uh, a baby, innocent baby who did not ask to be born, um, and, and somebody intentionally takes the life of that baby. That, for me, falls within the realm of Proverbs 6, verses 16 to 19. And, you know, I want to say this, Naya. I don't want to sound like a cold, heartless person, because we do know that, you know, there are instances where there are young ladies out there, some of them have been abused, gender-based violence, you know, and some have been raped and all sorts of things. So I am not by any way trying to sound insensitive to young people or to people who have found themselves in a difficult situation. But I'm also saying that my faith, one, does not allow the, the killing of an innocent baby. And I'm also, I would also like to put it out there to say that there are other options to, to abortion. And there are many parents out there, people who would love to have babies. And there are other options where those babies can be given up for adoption or given up to be taken care of there. So I just wanted to bring balance to that. Okay. So All right. that it doesn't sound heartless, that what about this and this and this? We okay. do know there are those scenarios.
1: Would it yeah. be fair then, Reverend, to say the texts you have shared with us do not deal with antenatal human existence? It speaks about life in general, not specifically antenatal life. Would it be correct to say that?
0: Well, no, not from the definition I gave earlier on in terms of when conception starts. Life starts at conception So, if using that definition, life does not start outside of of the baby, but life starts at conception. So, from my perspective, then it's yeah.
1: Okay. All right, Um, Evangelist, your take.
0: Yes, there is is
2: nothing more more cruel than just killing, destroying a life that is so defenceless, and that isn't. dependent entirely on the on the on the on the so you know what in my view uh, if you fight with a man and you kill him it's better than killing that defenseless child so so like the verses that have just been read this is murder because we believe that life is started and if you terminate that life a helpless life that is entirely dependent on the mother it's the of the highest order
1: Okay. All right. Um we're gonna conclude our conversation, but I'd like to hear what you have to say on the matter. If you'd like to participate in the conversation, you still have five and a half minutes to continue. 41391. 41391. That's our text number if you'd like to send a text message. If you prefer to send a voice note or a WhatsApp text, you can send it to our WhatsApp line O six one four one oh four one oh seven oh six one four one oh four one I'd love to hear what you have to say in the matter. And we can continue this conversation on my Facebook page. And that's Nayelu Pondo and Alive because this is something that needs to continue this conversation. We need to continue because we have countries that have uh, a very poor child birth rate. And this is one of the conversations that have been had in those countries. But we'll have the conversation later on. But right now, I want us to conclude our conversation on this note. Uh, first and foremost, Dr. D. As, as a medical practitioner, do you participate in termination of
3: pregnancy? Personally, that is not.
1: Is, is there a medical or a religious or any other reason that you have not decided to participate in termination of pregnancy?
3: Okay, in my own personal capacity, um, I, I do not uh, uh, participate or assist or intervene. Um, when it comes to termination of pregnancy. Yeah. And one thing I am grateful for in South Africa is that um, we are, we as medical practitioners have been um, given our own um, uh, liberty to actually decide on the matter as to whether or not we'd like to participate. But in the end we do not leave the individual or the patient before us stranded. Okay. So what we do when a person requests termination of pregnancy, we give the... Um, as, um,
1: I'm sorry about they have that, Doctor.
3: Uh, rightfully addressed that...
1: Did we just lose Dr. Diale as well? All right. I think we've lost that line there to Dr. Dial. All right. I'm going to read some WhatsApp texts. Um, for those of you who have sent a WhatsApp, in fact, I've got three minutes now. Just try and see if can read one, and then we'll have our guests conclude, give us a, their concluding remarks. One tick says, Hi, Nye. The medical doctor indicated that the life begins when the fetus reaches the womb, meaning that it is when life begins. From legal point, according to uh, Massetaurus fiction, legal right get assigned to the child if they take their first breath during delivery. Yeah. Okay, so I need to understand which one superseded the other so we can determine where the rights of the parents come into existence in relation to the child because I don't see how any can have rights towards something, lack of better word, that only acquires rights legally when the baby takes the first breath. Debuho and Sunning Hill. Well, Debuho, um, as soon as our guests come in, we will uh, give them the opportunity. But I want to... remind you. I want you to rem- remember a few things that when we're talking about what the legal right says, the legal community, as uh, you are hearing, um, uh, Reverend Coupe is also an attorney. Those rights are held in abeyance until the child is born. That's the legal community. But right now, we're having a very religious conversation that's supposed to be based on scripture. All right, I'm going to give all of my guests, or just the two guests, uh, Reverend Coupe and Evangelist, uh, their occ- closing remarks. Reverend Coupe.
0: Yes, I mean, you know, the conversation is interesting because, as you said, I'm a lawyer, and uh, but I'm also a minister of the gospel, mm-hmm. a servant of God. And so, um, but, and, and every now and then I find there's a, an area where what the law says clashes with my faith. Mm-hmm. And clearly, this is one of the areas where, where it does. So in as much as I appreciate what the law says and what the law allows for me, as a believer, my the Bible tells me that I'm a citizen of heaven first. So basically, for me, what directs me, like our medical doctor has said, that she, in terms of the choices she makes, they're made on the basis of her faith. Thank
1: you very so much. For, Thank yeah, you very much, so Reverend that's Cooper. That's
0: all I would, I would say on that. Note. Evangelist,
1: you've got four to five seconds. Go.
2: Yeah, we are guided by the scriptures and the sanctity of life is high on our agenda. Abba Yahweh wants to save his children and once life has started, there's no one, not even a government, has a right to terminate that life. Yeah. Those are some of the things that are bringing cases upon us as a nation because we are spilling blood like we own these people. You know mm. what? Until we repent and return back to Yahweh and stop these murders,
1: We shall continue to be in the problem. Okay, we'll leave it right there on that note. To all of my guests, I'm ever so grateful. Reverend Pearl Cooper, thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming through. Talk to us. Evangelist Isen Zanumu, thank you very much. I also appreciate your insights. And Octo. most importantly, Dr. Dial. The, your clarifications were very clear. I, I I learned a lot today. Thank you very much, Dr. D. I really appreciate it. Maybe we'll invite you again uh, some more. Right. That's how we're going to conclude our conversation right here on the Facts of Faith. From me, Nayelu Panduana, and the team, have a wonderful evening, and Godspeed.